one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Growing Up Female with me, Connie Simmons. This is the podcast where we chat about what it's really like to grow up female behind the shiny social media profile. I'll be chatting to a whole host of young, inspirational women about race, beauty standards, periods, body shaming, sex, relationships, social media, everything it means to grow up as a female today. So today's guest um, is extremely, how can I say, honest, real, and actually really funny, and I don't think she even means to be. (laughs) Um, We've become very good friends, but this is the first time we've met, which is very bizarre. Um, the amazing Carly is here. You might know her as the fit mummy to Theo. Carly, thank you so much for being on my podcast, Growing Up Female. Thank you so much for having me. I'm literally so excited. This is your first podcast, right? Um, my first podcast. It's my debut. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I feel very privileged. Um, we've been trying to do this for a while, but we've obviously been very busy with our bubbers. Just a bit busy, yeah. Um, the, what's the age gap between the two? Just a month or something? I think it's a month, May yeah. May 24th of April. And Theo's the 30th of May. There yeah, it's just over a month. Um, so we've we've just kind of been on this journey together, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, which has been really nice to have each other, um, especially as we share a lot on social media, but we also get a bit of backlash on there, don't we? So we just <laughs> rant to each other and just <laughs> get it off our chest. Um, but anyway, Grown Up Female is like all about well it's just exactly what it says on the tin it's just the struggles of growing up a female and how you overcome it and I've just got some really inspiring guests now I've got you here today who I do find really inspiring um and although yes we are mums I want to talk to you about all the other amazing things that you do um PT so you're a personal trainer and I I know I know there are a lot of personal trainers out there but I feel like there's something different about um, your approach to personal training I feel like it's really meaningful and you really care about your um, clients so I got my personal training um, qualification actually when I found out I was pregnant oh, really? um, I think I was like it was in the second week I was doing my qualification I found out I was pregnant and then I was like oh my god can I do this and I was freaking out um, but it kind of spurred me on because I had a very active pregnancy um, it was exercise has always been the thing for me that makes me feel good about myself it gives Mm. me energy and it's just it's just part of my routine Mm. so when I was in my first trimester I felt terrible I felt completely lost without it Mm. 
So having gone through pregnancy and staying active and then having had a baby, I just felt really passionately about helping women to be able to feel good about themselves or to feel confident um, to be able to work out when they're pregnant and post baby. So Mm. I think when Theo was literally like eight weeks old, I decided to do my pre and postnatal qualification. And yeah, so from there, I've tried to build up a client base of mainly postnatal at the moment clients, just because having a baby, you know, Mm. completely changes you. And I know there's... I feel like you need it more than the You do. And even though, of course, you love your postpartum body, like it's incredible what it's done, you're still allowed to want to feel good in it and for it to look... Certain way. To look a certain yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I just think we just shouldn't feel guilty about admitting that we want to um, improve, improve to us what we think is an improvement. Absolutely. Um, the the appearance of our body um, doesn't mean we don't love it. No. But I think loving your body and feeling confident in your body can be two different things. And that's something I battle with a lot. Like. I love my body and everything it does and um, I feel so lucky to be so able-bodied. Um, I never take that for granted and I am really healthy but I want to, uh, you know, imp- improve the aesthetics and I don't love the fact that having a baby has made... M- my belly feels like it's not attached to my body. Like, yeah. you know, all those little things. But it doesn't mean I'm not grateful for my stomach for growing my baby. Oh, I hate that. People make me feel so guilty. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Like, um, yeah, that just seems to stop. And I really thought that you've been doing personal training for like 10 years. You're so... Oh, no. Lo- like, but it just, it, look, it's so natural. It comes across so natural. Um, so what were you doing before that? So I'm, well, actually pre-maternity leave, I was head of PE and okay. all-girls grammar school. Oh, wow. I so, bet you saw lots of... This is going to oh, be really interesting. It's going to be very interesting. <laughs> so all-girls... All-girls. PE. Mm-hmm. I loved PE, but I know that things have changed because I've visited schools and stuff and the love's not there is it or is it it really is so dependent on classes like we have some classes who absolutely love it um being in this kind of school i was at it was a grammar school so there was a lot of pressure on the academic side of things Mm. so i think the physical side often gets lost and is deemed less Important. important which is obviously a battle I've always faced as a PE teacher yeah, I've been totally teaching disagree. for for eight years and it's a battle that I've always faced and I think the underlying the underlying principle to anyone being healthy ready for exams ready for the outside world is to be healthy in themselves to understand you know leading a healthy active lifestyle mm. just contributes to so much absolutely and did you ever find um girls just the co- feeling conscious and so I originally worked in a school in central London which was mixed and going from a mixed school to an all-girls school, I noticed a massive a massive difference in kind of the issues that were going on. So I'd say in the all-girls school there's so many body issues going on, so many, you know, there's a lot of self-harm, there's a lot oh, of God. mental health and I do think that social media and kind of media in general have a lot to lot to play in that yeah that's so sad Mm. that's so sad would you ever like look into maybe i don't know doing anything around that or i not yet i've so i've done a couple of studies on it when i was teaching into kind of the effects of social media and i think not a lot of the girls are actually aware that 
they almost don't want to say that um, social media negative is making like them feel like that. Right. They don't want to admit that it is having a negative Because they don't want to lose it. No. They don't want to come They're off so it. reliant on it. Yeah. Um, but I feel it's really strongly about it. It's As a teacher, obviously, you almost have to separate out your feelings, but it really can be quite heartbreaking mm. to yeah. kind of see some of the issues that are going on. And what would you say to any any pupils you know that were struggling or they might be listening well not necessarily your pupils <laughs> but girls of that sort of approaching teenager young female um it's to just be wary of the internet and there's so much out there that's been distorted altered um you know the media is very clever they want you to see certain things mm. and actually i just want people to realize it's good to be different mm. why would you want to be the same as everyone else mm. stand out be proud own it like everyone mm. is different and that's a good thing yeah um and just stop comparing yourselves you know have that person on there's got different genes to you they've had mm. a different upbringing to you and i just think comparison is always the thief of joy we need so. to start we need to start um looking at the positives i mean I, I remember bunking um off swimming at school <laughs> classic i know i wasn't even a naughty kid or anything but um you know there were so many different reasons for getting my kit i don't mean bunking as in like hiding in a park somewhere the period was, card yeah like just <laughs> didn't you have your period last week <laughs> um just all of those things because i just i was more developed than the other girls in the class yeah i think i um came on my period when i was 10 so primary school so then wow, i yeah. just i was like a 34c in year eight so i had boobs i had hips but it made me think i was fat not not yeah. not just i was just developed uh, you know you're young and you're just like why do i look like this and then my friend still looks like dead straight and Such tiny age, and yeah. flat chested i just felt really self-conscious um, and I actually spoke to my PE teacher about it now when I went back to the school and she was like, I didn't realise you should have said it. It's like when you're a young girl, you you don't want to tell your teacher that. No. So it's really hard. But if for anyone listening, um, you know, just, yeah, just own it. Like you said, try and be confident with it and um, just know that um, we're all going to have boobs one day. So <laughs> if it. you get yours a bit earlier, Absolutely. don't worry about it's it. It's all about, as well, if something is bothering you, it's about talking about it. I say this to everyone, yeah. but... A problem shared is a problem halved and even sometimes just you think you're alone in something you think you're alone and I wish I told my mum that I thought I was fat because I think my mum would have really helped because she knew about the whole period thing and she was very supportive with that um but um yeah I wish I opened up to her more about that because I wasn't I really wasn't but anyway just one of those things um we're talking about obviously body confidence and exercise how did your how did being pregnant affect your body confidence did you i so i actually went through weird phases of pregnancy so i didn't really start to show properly until like 26 27 weeks so it was quite late on and up to that point i just felt dumpy i didn't really feel pregnant i didn't feel like i had a lovely bump so i was yeah, I, I remember felt this really yeah. like I don't know, I really was had this big pressure about I want to love this amazing body, like it's amazing, it's growing a little human. But I just remember like looking in the mirror and just feeling like I didn't fit any of my pre-pregnancy clothes. I didn't really look like I was pregnant, so I just looked like I put on weight. I put on quite a lot of weight around my face and I hated it. And then as soon as I popped and I had a bump, I was like loving it. Any chance I could to get it out, I was like, look at my bum. Um, And I just, I don't know, for me, I just really enjoyed that 
that last trimester, weirdly, I absolutely loved it. I felt pregnant. He was so active inside me. I like really, it was just really exciting for me. And I felt good. And I think because I was still exercising mm. and I'd get like comments about people like, oh my God, like you're doing so well. You're still doing this in your third trimester. And everyone was like, are you not starting to feel tired? And I I didn't. And I think that's because I was exercising. I was just feeling really good about myself. Mm. And I was like ready for labour. I was like, let's do this. Mm. And feeling really positive. Yeah. Oh, good. See, I, I um, wanted and the plan was to exercise throughout. But I carried so low that my yeah. pelvis just... And it's still... My pelvis is still in bits. Um, uh I've done, I do ex- the exercises to help it and everything like that. It's just going to take time. Um, so I couldn't really do, um, and I remember watching you and I actually was quite, not envious, but I was quite like. I know what you mean, mm, yeah. I wish I could do that. Um, and I think I, I put on quite a lot of weight because I, I wasn't as active as I would have liked to have been. And I found that really hard because I felt like it wasn't my fault either. Uh, it was just the way I carried. Um, and I really struggled with that. Um, and then, um I don't know, I, then when she was born and you've got like this empty belly and it's just like, the, the weirdest it's like part. the most, def- it's like a deflated bouncy castle. Literally. And I just felt it 10 million times worse. And I was like, oh, I should have just made myself exercise even, but I just think it's really important not to put pressure on yourself when you're pregnant. I think exercise is really important um, just in life in general. Um, and when you're pregnant, if you can, it's amazing. If you can't, I just done loads of walking but I wish that I'd done like some more sort of specific um yeah things that weren't painful to, on my pelvis where would you find that sort of information because I know like a lot of people will message me and they don't really know where to turn to that's it I think the important thing is to find reliable sources for things because obviously I know when I first found out I was pregnant my immediate thought was oh my god can I still train what's safe because at that time I wasn't mm. qualified in it I had no idea um, and I actually I train in CrossFit so I actually I think I was only about six or seven weeks pregnant I actually told my coaches mm. just because I was worried um, mm. and they directed me there's lots of different websites that have um, different like exercises that are safe on it um, CrossFit have recommendations themselves they have things you can Uh, make alterations to like scaling Mm. certain exercises um but i think if you're really you really want to if you exercise before you were pregnant you want to carry on through whatever means you've been doing that there's always advice there but i would if you have no idea where to start i would genuinely recommend like a prenatal personal Mm. trainer who's qualified in it yeah they say if you weren't exercising before and you want to start while you're pregnant you need to really Really low level uh, yeah Yeah, low level advice because it's um, about compromising like things like your body posture and things they're mm. all going to be fundamental things like this body needs to be in the best condition it can we can't compromise that just through want of exercising i know lots of people who were, were silly during their pregnancy um and, you know, they've gone on to have things like back difficulties and mm. worsened pelvic problems. So. Yeah. And and this isn't to make exercise during pregnancy sound scary. No. But you're, you're not thinking about yourself anymore. You've got a baby. Absolutely. They're the you priority. Um, and th- then um, I want to talk about after the baby because um, 
I've had so many messages about this and I'm not qualified enough. So this, um, if we have a chat about this, this would be a you know, great um, way to link people to that information is the whole mummy MOT. I know that that's actually a um, an actual brand. brand yeah. um, but it's where you go and see a physio. A women's physio. Yeah, yeah. a women's physio after you've had your baby yep. to get a checkup. And when I saw my physio, she said to me that in certain countries it's so important uh, it's like it's like um I think compulsory it's like france and belgium they get it free they get yeah. a certain amount of sessions post baby yeah and in japan it's like they yeah. have to, you kind of have to do nothing and just repair your body and you have um people helping you and um whereas here it's just not you even get a thing your 6 week gp checkup but to be honest I walked into mine. He literally looked at my cesarean scar and was like, yep, it's fine. And that was it. Yeah. Um, whereas, obviously, when I went for my mummy and my tea, I realised I had quite severe abseparation and there was lots of stuff going on. Um, so I don't think I don't think they necessarily know what they're looking for in terms of a yeah. proper... It's quite specific, yeah. isn't it? So um, a physio is, is really important and I think it's worth the investment. I also think... When you've just had a baby, you're all about your baby. You want to do this for your baby. You want to get the very best for your baby. And we sometimes forget to look after ourselves. Mm. And at the end of the day, we've just carried, we've grown, carried, birthed a baby. And we need to actually give our body a bit of respect yeah. by saying, you know, let's get it checked over. Because a lot there's so many issues that can occur, like particularly with things like ab separation and pelvic floor. Yeah. They are massive and, you know, things like women think it's normal to, to leak after you've had a no. baby. It's common, but it's not normal. No. Um, so these are all And it things. can be mended. It absolutely can. Absolutely and can. And like your, your, the ab separation, that is, repairing that is so essential just for everyday movement. Like even in the car the other day, Ricky turned a corner and I really had to engage my core <laughs> to to stay in the seat. And I was thinking, oh my God, your core is so important. Literally. Um, and obviously I'm aware of all of this because I, I work out. Um, but, and obviously I've, I've had ab, ab separation, but it was only one and a half fingers. That's not and that bad, yeah. No, and now the gap's only where the belly button is, but that's still causing me pain in my pelvis. So it's all, all linked together. So if you're experiencing pelvic pain, it could be the ab separation. Um, so it's really, really important. And I felt like I was hit by a bus after I had Macy. Like I have never been in so much pain afterwards. Like everything was bruised, my joints yeah. and everything. So it's really important um, to, yeah, like respect your body, repair it do what's necessary i mean you're not going to straight away start doing exercise but you might be you might i don't know your physio would have to advise you i guess yeah you, you definitely want to wait to at least your six week postnatal check and right. they'll only very gently start you on you know like a walking based program yeah but, but uh, until then just rest I, absolutely because i have seen online mums like doing ab workouts after three days like this is not okay <laughs> yeah, i have it's terrible um uh-huh. The th- just even the thought of wanting to do that I know when you've got a newborn I know I know it baffles me <laughs> I mean I was just I was don't know where I, I don't even where really do remember it was my no birth- I don't remember it was my birthday the next day and I don't even like I remember coming home and the house was just covered in pink balloons and bows and happy people were saying happy birthday and, and I was just like what the fuck <laughs> what is going on like um, ricky's like, open your presents open your presents i don't even really remember that day so to to think that someone's thinking about their um 
their abs at that yeah, point. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it really is crazy. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. How are you finding it, like finding the time to exercise I mean before even having babies I think people struggled to find the time of work and stuff so how are you finding it now with having Theo it's been my biggest juggle so with having a c-section and then having quite bad ab separation it took a lot longer to get back into exercise which for me mentally was quite difficult because it's always been my it's almost been my like therapy almost Mm. it's the thing I've always done for me um so originally when he was younger and I couldn't really do a lot I was allowed to kind of do a bit of cardio I would take him into my gym and I was quite lucky they'd let me take a bouncer in he'd basically sit in there and I'd go on the bike and he'd fall asleep and that was okay and then as he started to get older, he doesn't just sit down in a bouncer anymore. He's mm. a bit more uh, needy. I remember watching those <laughs> videos of him in a bouncer. I was thinking, because I was must. one month ahead, I was thinking, <laughs> oh, Carly, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> um, so I started doing some at-home workouts, which I'm, I am posting on my page. I will be posting more of. Um, but we've had to find a bit of a balance, Adam and myself. So we used to both train first thing in the morning, proper early birds. Together. Together. We've always done it. We've been together like seven years now. We've done it for as long as I can remember. And so now he gets up first thing in the morning, he'll go and train and I train in the evenings, which I have found really difficult because I'm always been a morning person. So do you feel like you're the one making sacrifices? Absolutely, I do. <laughs> of course I do. And I feel like I've then had a full day of mumming mm. and other stuff. And to then find the motivation to go sometimes can be so difficult. Mm. Um, but I always feel amazing afterwards. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, if I had it my way, I would get up and go. But he's he need. I'm still breastfeeding. Okay. Um, so he's quite reliant on me, which we need to get him off the boob. <laughs> you're, you're done. <laughs> I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 
Yeah, you've done really well though to persevere. I, I, I couldn't breastfeed. Oh my goodness, my boob was bigger than Macy, <laughs> so I couldn't see her. I couldn't hold the boob and Macy, um. So I just expressed. So I haven't had to ha- like. I've been able to just go, Mum, I'm going to exercise. My mum works part time, but we're currently living there as well. So I've been really lucky. Yeah, it's really um, lucky. Uh, I have been paying my mum though so it's not all like just oh your mum's there she's free and it's like you know um, I don't know what's the word like I'm oh, I don't know really, really. <laughs> do you know what I mean there is some sacrifice yeah, there cool. like it's not as easy as just here you go mum I'm, I'm making time, sure yeah. like I'm paying for her time and stuff like that so um, I went back to work after three months so that I could afford to do that Um but because of not breastfeeding, it definitely does make that easier. Um, but I'm so with you in the sense that you still feel like, I still feel like I, I sort of have to ask permission to do these things. Whereas, it, but whereas the partner tells you they're doing these things. Absolutely. And I think one of the things I've really struggled with is I feel like, and it's not because he's like a bad person. He's, ama- he's amazing mm. and he's an amazing dad. But I think men in general, like, they don't quite realise the sacrifices we make. Like, I had a bit of a meltdown at the weekend, though, just over everything. But things like I've sacrificed my entire body, my fitness, you know, doing things when I want because I mm. want to. And I know he's still the one that's going to work every day. But he still gets up every morning. He can go for an hour without feeling guilty. It's his time. He gets that time at work by himself, Mm. not thinking about a baby, not being responsible for someone else, not thinking, oh, my God, they need a nappy change. Or having to do a tactical wee. Right, I won't wee yet. I'll wee one there. Okay, and then I'll go for a wee. Yeah, and just, just, I mean, you know how long it takes to leave the house with a baby and, Mm. you know, there's always if I've sometimes where I plan to go and train in the evenings if something's happened like Theo's not napped and then he's fallen asleep when I'm meant to leave the house and sometimes I've had to cancel it and I always think god if you cancel training you'd be so grumpy yeah if it was the other way around and I do like we've had a couple of arguments over it because I do sometimes feel like his life's not really changed that much and he still gets the baby. Mm. And I feel like everything in my life has changed. Mm. So. And do you, do you have the, um, oh, I'm really tired. Yeah, oh. we're all tired. Oh. I got that the other day. Ricky's going to kill me. <laughs> six, six wake-ups I had. And he wakes up and he says, oh, I'm exhausted. Well, at least it was only three wake-ups. He was asleep for most of them yeah. and he was still tired. I said, I you have no idea. No I know. Idea. And do you know what? And... If you just wake up, you can still lie in bed and kind of just goes back off yeah, again. Yeah, it's the getting up. Yeah, like um, I think it was, was it last? No, it wasn't last night. The night before, I was up with Macy for a good half an hour. She was just awake and it was one o'clock in the morning and she was just wouldn't, she wanted to come into our bed because where she's been ill, we've put her in our bed a yeah, couple of times. Yeah, they get used to it. Oh my gosh, she's so smart. And I've had to take the monitor out of away because she kept pulling it down because <laughs> she can reach up and stuff now and it bloody banged her on the head mum guilt um, so that's gone so I just have to listen out for her so then you're not really in a deep sleep no it's hard as well because there were times earlier on that Adam would go in in the night well, during the wake ups but he he's, yeah, it makes he's a mummy's boy as well and he just wants me yeah. and he now does this thing where if Adam goes in he'll scream and scream yeah. until he gets me Yeah. so I'm almost like you may as well but remain. I think Ricky's almost like oh but she doesn't want me <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I cop out <laughs> 
<laughs> he only watched you. Great. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you know? I just make most of the weekends, and I just say, right, you can get up. With Adam that. is very Adam. Literally at the weekends is really good. He wakes up, he takes him downstairs, and I get to sleep. Yeah. So that is my saving grace. That is good. Yeah, I do feel like I get a bit more of a break on the weekend. Yeah. Anyway, we could talk about our papers forever, <laughs> couldn't we? We need to arrange a lunch date. To do we this. do. Um. So, um. I want to have to make sure that you're comfortable because I know that it was quite um, traumatic, the birth. And I know you were saying that um, towards the end, your third trimester, you were feeling really positive about the labour, but I know things didn't go to plan. Yeah. Um, And I don't know in like huge detail exactly what happened, but um, if you want to share, you know, what happened. I'm very, I personally think it's really important to share because one thing I really struggled with mentally after my birth was... I felt like I'd had this horrific experience, but everywhere online it was like, my beautiful baby's been born, and it was all these amazing pictures which made me kind of feel worse. Mm. Um, So basically I'd done hypnobirthing um, leading up to birth. I was genuinely excited, like wasn't scared, which is quite weird to say. I genuinely wasn't wasn't scared. No, I was like... I did hypnobirthing, I I, loved it. It's. I would recommend... I still, Mm. even though things didn't go to plan, I would still like recommend it Mm. to anyone because even just like not having that fear around birth, Mm. I think is... Important. uh, Yes, so important. And so yeah, leading up to birth, I was all good to go and then I went overdue which was fine I was like this is fine it's fine it's fine then um my waters went and we went in I was having there was two minutes in between my contractions so we went in and they were like nope you're not even remotely dilated yet so I was like well it's two minutes in between so they said go home and if something doesn't happen within 24 hours because my waters has gone Mm. um so anyway, nothing happened. Went back. I literally was having contractions two minutes apart for like another 24 hours. We went back wow. and um, they ended up putting me on the drip um, to be induced, which my advice to anyone going on that is I would definitely get an epidural beforehand. It was fine to start with. And that's when my hypnobirthing techniques really came in helpful to like mm. breathe through the contractions. But just out of nowhere, they just... Went from zero to a million and I asked for an epidural, um, which was the best thing ever. Yeah, I had and I only worked on one, one side of my body though. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of shame around like things like pain relief. Like there is absolutely no shame. You do what you need to do mm. in labour to get through it. Um, and then basically, so I'd been in labour for 60 hours and um, 60 hours. I'd had an epidural and they were checking how far dilated I was because previously I was only got to two centimetres in this time. Um, they, so she confirmed I was five centimetres and then she was like, I think that might be your baby's bum. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I've been labouring for 60 hours. How is and I'd been checked by so many midwives who had all told me he was head down. And then she was like, right, we need to bring the scanner in. They got the scanner in and yeah, he was breech. <laughs> Um, which after all that time was just crazy and I was so exhausted and they said we need to take you for a c-section um so I was lucky that I'd had the epidural because it meant I could literally go straight in they just um topped it up topped it up um the actual c-section was fine um weird feeling just kind of feels like a washing machine like you can feel things moving but you can't feel anything um and that's kind of 
where everything kind of went a bit wrong. Um, so when they pulled Theo out, he wasn't breathing. Well, I didn't hear a cry. And I just remember thinking, like, something's wrong. And I just felt a whole change in the atmosphere. You know, when you can just, mm. you sense something's not right. And everyone ran over to the table and the emergency buzzer went. And all I remember seeing is loads of people and just my, it looked like a dead baby on the side being resuscitated. It's like, I keep getting flashbacks of that vision. That's all I remember seeing. And I just remember this one woman's face. Just, you know, I, and I think as well, like where I had such a healthy pregnancy, Mm. you'd never think things like that are going to happen to you. And I just remember kept saying to my midwife, like, is he dead? Is he dead? Oh, sorry. And yeah, and I don't, that's all a bit of a haze, to yeah, be honest. I just remember then seeing him and then Adam, obviously, and loads of like the medical staff just whisking him off and he was taken away from me. And I was just, so I didn't get to hold him. No answers. Didn't or... get to see him. No one could tell me if he was alive, if he was going to be okay. They couldn't, they couldn't tell me anything. They didn't know themselves. And I'm laying there like cut open. I can't move. At this point, I'm like, getting up a really high temperature um so they're trying to bring that down i've just never really felt like that either i can't even explain it and my mum wasn't there because where we'd been in and out of the hospital so many times i was like don't come i'll tell you when it's happening like adam will call you like when i'm in that birthing pool (laughs) yeah (laughs) sorry about that um so then i all i said to my midwife is you need to call my mum so um she called my mum straight away and then, oh, like, I don't know what I would have done if my mum wasn't there. They'd moved me to the recovery ward and I was just, an ap- obviously, an absolute, mm. no one could tell me anything. Um, and then my mum got a speeding ticket on the way there. Oh. <laughs> she was like, it's worth it. She had to go on a speed awareness course. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, this is for you, Theo. That is top mum. Um, and yeah, then finally we were there and Adam was sending some pictures down. So he got taken to NICU. Um, he was put on ventilators to help him breathe. Um, he had all sorts of things like wires and stuff. But he sent some pictures and they said like he was stable. Um, and then a few hours later, he'd ripped his ventilators out, decided he didn't need them. Oh. And he was fine after that. Um, I mean, he, he spent four days in NICU. Um I didn't get to I didn't get to hold him that night, so I gave birth at six fifty seven, and I think I got my mum insisted I go and see him. She was amazing, and they wheeled me up there in my hospital bed, um, and I saw him about midnight. But I just got to hold his hand through the incubator, um, and then the next morning, obviously very very sore, um, they wheeled me up to NICU, and I finally got to hold him, which was amazing. But um, I just found the whole experience so difficult. Um, yeah. I was still on a ward with other women who had their babies, which mm. for me, Oh, mentally, my gosh. So hang on, wait. So you were in yeah. a ward. They all had their babies and you're there on your own? Yeah. And like, so I'm being woken up. I don't think up. that's right. No. So I'm being woken up at night by other women who've got their babies like crying and my baby's not there. Like for me, mentally, that's when I kind of hit quite a dark place. Mm. Um, Because I obviously wanted Adam to stay up with Theo as long as possible. And I'd go up there like in the day, but then I'd have to keep coming back down for medication and things Mm. and to be checked. And you have to have all these obs done all the time. And you've had a C-section, so you're not allowed to move. No, so I was being wheeled. I was The first couple of days were really hard because I really couldn't walk. So I was reliant on someone being there 
to will me there, um, which was really difficult. And I just think for any mum who's had a baby who's been in NICU, like there's something when you walk in that room, it's just it's just a haunting feeling, like seeing all these helpless babies just in incubators with wires and like the noises, the noises don't ever leave you. Like you can hear the beeps and you kind of get used to what different things mean, like if a wire's come out or something like that. But I don't know, I think I just felt so cheated out of the birth that I'd planned. I almost Mm. was like mourning the loss of the birth I never got to have, Mm. if that makes sense. Um, And sharing your stories helps so much, hasn't it? And, And it was in the Daily Mail, right? Yeah, so afterwards, like, I just felt like I'm by no means going to be the only person who's felt like no, this yeah. because you know birth birth can be difficult um so I used my platform to share my story and the response I got was like more than I could ever have imagined um so in the summer I got I think there were like 10 of us we did a campaign called my birth my story mm. and I got my sister who's a photographer to shoot a campaign where we had our C-section scars or scars or just bo- our postnatal bodies and we were holding our babies we were in a field of sunflowers and we all just kind of shared our story and we wanted to get people talking about it and for people to be open about it because like I said like before I've only ever seen like these beautiful births you see on TV or like really dramatic ones mm. and I've ne- I'd never really heard of anything called birth trauma before I'd never even knew it was mm. a thing um I just kind of presumed that birth wasn't you know the most pleasant of things for mm. people and that was that but until you experience it no you just you can't um even comprehend um and then just I don't know like listening to other women and their stories and it's just such an amazing feeling knowing people actually understand like they've been through it too and Mm. there's something reassuring in that I know it doesn't necessarily make like the memories go away but there's something really reassuring about knowing other people understand how you feel and has it um put you off future bubbers um it's not put me off no I would I want another baby I'd be lying if I said I'm not really anxious about just the whole hospital thing Mm. um even like Theo wasn't well the other day and I was just got myself in a state that we'd have to take him to hospital and all of a sudden like it all comes back like yeah like and I'd kind of felt like I'd been dealing with it quite well and then all these feelings came back and I was kind of thinking we might have to deal with this before Mm. we have another baby would you get therapy about it it's something I'm looking into because I think it affects Adam as well like at the end of it he saw more than I saw like he saw his helpless little body like laying there like labours like I had an eight hour labour I can't complain but that's well good enough yeah and like Ricky saw more than than me so I can totally well I I can't totally imagine that's it I do think people forget about the men as well like Mm. particularly like they're not as great talkers or Adam's mm. not as great of a talker. And we have spoken about it before and his kind of view is, well, he's okay now and that kind of helps me get through it. Whereas I don't know, I dwell on it a little bit more. Mm. But I know there's people who have had like positive um, natural births after a C-section. But mm. for me personally, if I was to go through that and something bad happen again, I think mentally that would just be too much. So I think I would choose an elective C-section. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Amazing. Mm. So at the end of um, 
grown up female, I ask the guests to give three bits of advice, either like based on what we've talked about today, um, or three bits of advice that you'd give your younger self. Um, what would your three bits of advice be? First bit of advice would definitely be not to compare yourself to anyone else. Um, as soon as you start comparing, you just open yourself up to feel rubbish about yourself. Mm. Um, I think embrace the differences. I like being a bit different. I don't claim to be perfect. I, you know, I make mistakes. You know, being a mum, you make a lot of mistakes and you figure it out. And I just think, I think there's beauty in being like individual. Mm -hmm. So that would be my first piece. My second piece would be to support women. I think in this world, it's become so competitive and people think just because someone's succeeding that that means they can't succeed. And I just mm. think we all need to be there rooting for each other. Like mm. being a woman's hard and the things that women go through, I just think we are we are bloody incredible. And I just think we need to support each other a bit more. Amazing. And my third bit of advice would be... <laughs> Mum brain. <laughs> it would be. Would you not say like be open, share? Yeah, talk. absolutely. Yeah, that is exactly it. I would definitely say like if you've been through something, talk about it because keeping things inside it just manifests into something worse and there's always someone who's actually going to connect with your experience or who can understand it and it will just make you feel so much better um it can help other people as well as yourself as well which i it's a rewarding feeling when you feel like you're making a difference definitely carly thank you so much for sharing your story um that was amazing it was lovely talking to you thank you thank you don't forget to rate, review and subscribe and maybe even share with a friend if you think they could benefit from listening to Growing Up Female. I'll be back next Wednesday with another amazing female. See you then. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We know times are very difficult right now. And if you want any more information about coronavirus, go to nhs.uk slash coronavirus. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.